Welcome to Hashtag Scripture, your sophisticatedly ratchet word delivery system. You can call us Deliveroo because we are serving you the word, honey, with extra sauce. We are popping flavor and dripping sauce. Like, it's not even a thing. Lick your lips, okay? <laughs> Just finger licking goodness, okay. On Hashtag Scripture, we discuss everyday topics informed by an everlasting God, but we do it in a way, in such a format that if you have anxiety problems, you want to just kind of get your asthma pump. If you want to, if you are outside on the bus, you want to just take it easy. Just you know, just take it easy. Don't don't be on be your bicycle. Easy. Don't be on your bicycle. Don't be driving. If you're gonna drive, you better be a good driver because like me. we don't want to shock you. I'm saying I'm not a good driver. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we don't want to shock the people. We don't want to cause any accidents. Just know yourself. Just know yourself. Be careful out there on these streets because it's about to get real. Okay, go. The word on this street is the gospel is a business and it is making money. It's making pound sterling, dollar, naira, cities, euro, yen. Okay, the gospel is a business and it is making money. Those in the prosperity gospel are making it rain and raking it in. Is this wrong? Are we mad at their financial prosperity? Is there something wrong with being blessed financially or are they doing it all wrong? My, or it could be like a Nigerian thing, which is my father is not poor. Therefore, I should not be poor either. Okay? My father owns the whole world. So me too, I shall own everything inside. So let's just figure it out. Are we mad at the prosperity gospel? The questions we are going to be covering today are, can Christians be rich? How much emphasis should be placed on prosperity when preaching the gospel? And three, how do we know if we are serving God or money? So question number one, Auntie Forms. Do we need to introduce ourselves at this point? We keep forgetting, guys. It's like we don't even want you to know who we are. And we kind of don't, in a way. But I'm for me. And I'm Tina. Just for the record. (laughs) And welcome to Hashtag Scripture. Okay. um, But before I I go into question one, do you want to start with what is the definition of rich? I wrote it down. Okay. I knew you would have, girl. Okay. The definition of rich is... There are two definitions. So the definitions of rich are having a great deal of money or assets or being wealthy and two, existing in plentiful quantities or abundant. That one sounded like it came from the Bible. Existing (laughs) in plentiful quantities forward slash abundant. Those are the definitions of rich. So question one, can Christians be rich? Okay, so... It's still still going on to the definition of rich. I think it's really important for us to realise what poverty is as well. Mm-hmm. Because when people... Like, some of us are like, oh, I'm broke. But these times, you've got a roof over your head. You're, you've got Wi-Fi, TV. You know, you're, you've got Netflix. If you've got, if you've got Netflix, you're rich. Let me just tell you that. Mm-hmm. If you have Netflix, you're rich. Because it means that you have income enough that you are able to on top of... Because a lot of you have Netflix and you have cable or sky as well so on top of television that you already have you now have netflix on top you're rich because you can afford to pay is it eight pounds a month it's gone up now it's like 11 so they're just robbing you sorry so you can afford to be paying 11 pounds a month (laughs) to only be watching two percent of netflix content literally because you don't watch the whole thing you're not watching anime on netflix well some people are Anime is nice. Okay, wrong example. You're not watching Korean films on on Netflix, but there's abundance of Korean films on Netflix. So, do you understand? You're not watching the whole thing. So you're paying eleven pound to be getting one pound worth of of um content. You're you're rich if you're able to have sixty pound per phone bill. You're rich if you're able to be doing weave and wearing makeup and buying Balenciagas and wearing Gucci belt. You're rich because it means that you have disposable income for things that you do not need. That means that we are rich, even though we might not feel like we're rich relative to billionaires, Oprah Winfrey and Donald Trump. Donald Trump? Donald Trump. Just because we feel like we're not rich in comparison to them. But there are people out there who... We are rich in comparison to them. Who we are also rich in comparison to them. So we are rich as well. I just want to make that caveat before we start because I think it's important to realise. Now... 
can Christians be rich? Well, there's a whole lot of rich Christians out here by that definition that I just used, so I guess they can. But I think more importantly, it's the balance into how you're using your money, what what you're doing with your money, how much you love your money, how much you're focused on money. Because if it is the fact that your whole life revolves around work, you can't do anything except for work. You don't go to church, you don't serve in church, you don't um, read your Bible, you don't pray, because all you're doing is working 24-7, then can you be rich? You shouldn't be because you're not. You don't have a spiritual balance. You don't have a balance between the material and the spiritual. If it's that, okay, you're working, you're working, you're working, you're working and you're earning a lot of money, but then also on top, you have a good relationship with God, fine. What's the problem with that? I don't see the, I don't see the issue. I think a lot of people think that as a Christian, by force, you have to just give all of your money to charity and you should be poor and broke. And that's like, it's so, it's so, it's so, it doesn't make sense because if we are if we are Christians and we're saying that as a Christian God blesses you and da 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 because that's in the Bible too as much as you know you know be living a life of like a Nazarite life Nazarene life sorry is in there so is you know being abundant David was rich Solomon was the rich the richest of the rich mm-hmm. you know like it's you're able to be rich as long as you channel that money into the right place and as long as you're not obtaining money by fraudulent means you're not doing 419 you're not doing all of this stuff you know Um, white collar crime yeah so I think if if all Christians were poor then how could we give to the poor see I was going to ask this question a little bit later I was going to touch upon it a little bit later but now that you've said that I want to bring it in and just flip this whole thing on the head Um, so be prepared (laughs) okay but if it's a case whereby, okay, so it's fine for us to be rich and to accumulate wealth. If it is that, if that's the case, then what about, so you're saying that if we were poor, then how would we advance the kingdom? And um, it's okay for us to have things. Um, it's one of the byproducts of being a Christian, what have you. Mm-hmm. Then what about the hundreds and thousands of Christians and the millions of Christians who, um, through no fault of their own, are poor? And so they what, are in third world countries or they are they have limited access to resources or anything that will um that will help them to prosper so what i'm saying is not that <clears throat> you cannot be poor but what i'm saying is that if all the christians were poor how would they give to the poor mm-hmm. that's my point that if every single person as soon as you give your life to christ you then had to go and give all of your money to the poor that's not sustainable mm-hmm. because then eventually the poor would then use all of that money mm-hmm. if they're not able to then earn it back then we are all now poor we have to think about it economically if i don't have money to give you <laughs> then how can i how can you be how can i help the poor if mm-hmm. i don't have any money mm-hmm. to give to the poor Deuteronomy 8 18 um god gives us the power to gain wealth so if God didn't want us to be wealthy, he wouldn't give us the power to gain wealth. Mm. Surely that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that he wants you to be rich to the point where you don't need him anymore, you don't seek him anymore. Yeah. You know, you're, you're your own provider. God is no longer your provider. Yeah. You don't need God anymore. Yeah. You know, but it's about, it's all about balance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think... Um, in answering the question can Christians be rich I think yes can Christians can be rich do I think all Christians should be rich I don't know do I think all Christians should be rich no do I think it's necessary for all Christians to be rich no Um, do all Christians need to be rich no is it profitable to be rich yes I mean and I think describe what you mean by profitable as in is it beneficial okay. to all because um, obviously it's the profit baby yeah yeah <laughs> is it beneficial um, for something greater than just yourself and um, I think just pretty much going into it I think we can exhaust this um, to like the umpteenth degree because we have so many people who talk about the prosperity gospel and we have really big issues with the prosperity gospel so just to go into the history of the prosperity gospel and i hate the fact that it's connected to the word of faith ministry because i'm a word of it faith is, person yeah. um and you are yeah and i am i am definitely word of faith so it's connected to the word of faith ministry um or the word of faith denomination and i personally am not an advocate of the prosperity gospel but neither am i 
somebody who negates the fact that there is uh, biblical principles and biblical precedents in certain men and women of God being prosperous. So I think there are some Christians who are perfectly fine with having sufficient. And I remember saying this to um, somebody as a Nigerian growing up in predominantly black churches and then visiting white, predominantly white churches. I I just realised and suddenly became so aware of the juxtaposition between or the differences between our perception of rich. Yeah. Um, so for most black, most, no, let me not say most because I don't know enough. For a certain, a good amount of black Christians, Afro-Caribbean Christians, wealth is seen as something that is automatically a byproduct of being a Christian. It's something that is to be praised and to be sought after, that you are to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you are to be, you are to be rich. Um, and it's preached a lot in church. And, um, the, the whole notion of being rich is preached a lot in church, in the black churches. And then when you go to white churches, it's hardly ever mentioned mm-hmm. you know it's hardly it's not even a thing and for some people I mean, I know when I was younger I went to um, a leadership training course and there's a really great guy and his wife called Andy I can't remember what his wife's name is um, but they were just normal regular people no emphasis on having the biggest house the biggest car yeah. the children going paying school fees or whatever they're content with going on their one holiday a year they have real and they are really happy christians you know they have sufficient they don't need to have surplus i think we sometimes get so bogged down as christians that we think okay are we supposed to be rich are we supposed to be wealthy are we supposed to be prosperous um and i think there's a good number of christians who are perfectly fine and perfectly content with having sufficient enough to pay their bills enough to have a reserve and the reserve for you know a rainy day who don't see the need or have no and they, they can still give to the poor they can still serve in church they can still help the homeless they still do all their good they still pay their tithes they still do all the good tidings that they're supposed to do with their surplus um but they don't have they're not you wouldn't class them as being people who are overtly abundant or excessive in wealth and they are perfectly fine and god's love is on them the same amount as anybody else you know what i mean there was a good number of christians who do not need to have more than enough they were happy with having sufficient and not surplus. And I think we really need to understand that you do not have to be rich to be a Christian. And you don't have to be wealthy, wealthy, wealthy to be a Christian. And I think if we go into the Bible, and I'm just going to read this real quick. Um, Isaiah chapter 61, and it's again reiterated in Matthew, or was it no, Luke chapter 4. So Isaiah 61 verse 1, where Jesus says, um, I have come to preach the, I have come to preach good tidings to the poor. So I have come to heal the brokenhearted and all of that whole, that whole, you know, his mission statement. So the mission statement and the line that says, I have come to preach good tidings to the poor. And I've heard people misuse that scripture a lot. So I just went into just quick Google, quick dictionary.com, right? And what is good tidings? Good tidings, tidings is basically news. Mm-hmm. Okay, so good tidings. I have come to preach good tidings to the poor. So therefore I have come to preach good news to the poor news what is good news for a poor person i'm gonna ask you before me what's what's good news for a poor person i mean do you want a yes or no answer or like like you want a simple answer or do you want my answer just whichever you want to whichever you want to give what's good if you're poor what would be good news for you (laughs) i'll ask provision provision provision, right so if you are um, if you are poor, good news for you is that you ain't poor no more. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like that's that's good news for you that you're not poor anymore. And so I think going into the next section, I think we definitely have to realize that no, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be rich to be a Christian. You don't have to have more than enough or an abundant supply to be happy. You can be sufficiently taken care of without having or exceeding or being extremely wealthy. But however, it is part of the gospel mm-hmm. that having some degree of sufficiency is part of the gospel because Jesus said, I have come to preach good news to the poor. And the only good news I can think to tell a poor person is that you ain't poor no more. <laughs> I mean, but the- Or that there is provision made, there's provision there for you. But the good news that he's talking about is the good news that you are, not that you are not poor anymore, even though that's part of it, but that you are 
saved, that you have salvation, and you do, though you didn't earn it, and but, though you could never have earned it, the good news to the poor is that, don't worry, all these rich people might not even make it to heaven, but you will, because the, the poor will inherit the earth, the meek will inherit the earth. That's the good news. Do you know what I mean? The good news is not, you're rich now. Yeah, I agree, and I also disagree, because then that could be the same thing for um, the following verses, where it says, I've come to preach gladness to the to the brokenhearted and all the gladness is okay so that you have salvation there is joy you know yeah. but there's also it's not that there's there's two separate things there that there is salvation and you have joy mm-hmm. you know so there's two so yes there's for the poor is you have salvation and you have provision and to the brokenhearted you now have my joy mm-hmm. and you have salvation but, okay but so for example jesus says um when when the woman with the alabaster box breaks the oil over his head and Judas is like, well, Judas, but, you know, one of the disciples is like, oh, what did you do that That's for? You could have given, you could have sold that and given all the money to the poor. And Jesus was like, the poor will always be with you. Mm. Well, if that's the case, Jesus, you came, if you came to give new, good, good news to the poor, why is there always going to be poor? Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Like, so you're not solving any problems here, Jesus. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Either, either it's that they're, they're not necessarily linked Mm-hmm. or what's the other option I don't know yeah no, I, don't know. I mean I've I lost think, my of I think with that <laughs> that the poor will always be with you it's a case whereby they were the poor were there yesterday and the poor will be there tomorrow Judas okay so suckle down and shut as off shut your mouth for now there is need of this thing which yeah. is what he goes on to say is that what she's doing is because there is need of this thing that she's preparing me for something yeah. and so it's a case whereby it's true there will always be poor people and there will always be good tidings for them mm-hmm. no matter what as in as we said in a couple of weeks ago in the slavery and um, racism and black jesus episode that there are going to be times throughout history there are times in history and in modern day that there will always be people who are richer than others and people who are forced to for, forced to work and choose to labor for others but i guess my issue with that kind of mindset or way of thinking is that you're it sounds like you're saying that if by the end of your life you have not become rich you have not accomplished what you're supposed to absolutely accomplish not. in christ absolutely not because i'm not somebody who feels like you have to be rich and i'm not saying that you you are no, that person that people, but that's what i'm saying it sounds as though no because it's not rich in terms of super abundant it's provision but it's that's sufficient. Even, even there, like so good what, tidings, if you're still so homeless tidings. by the end of your life, if you still don't have any money, you're you die from starvation because you were poor. Does that mean that you weren't Christian enough, or no, that you absolutely weren't? Absolutely not. There are there was provision for that. If he was called to be somebody who is a, a minister on the street and he's called to be homeless, and that was his plans and his purpose, yeah. he's still provided for by God. Yeah, you know. So I think that in terms of if you make it to the end of your life and you are not rich, are you have you not lived a full Christian? life? Life, absolutely not because the full christian life does not so- solely include having super abundance yeah is that being financially i like that well- super abundant yeah but <laughs> i think being financially wealthy is part of a larger pie of blessings yeah you know it's part of a larger pie of blessings and um and it's just one slice of the pie it's one segment of the pie um, and if you don't have that segment, you are still consuming and enjoying the pie. Yeah. You know, even if, you know, if I have carrot cake now and you decide to eat a slice, I'll eat, every the rest. Cake. I will every eat the rest day. before you can get to it. Oh but, my you gosh. Know, it's I not every analogy that needs to be cake, you know. I mean, I feel like this is a really good analogy. Okay, go. <laughs> you know, so if I have a carrot cake, a really nice one, um, with cream cheese frosting and walnuts on top, Oh my gosh. It's so nice. Can you just get like, to your point, Like please? the ones in Nando's and the ones in... Um, so anyway. <laughs> and you take a slice of the pie yeah. and that, the cake, you take a slice of the cake, it doesn't mean that I don't have the cake. It doesn't mean but that... you have less of it. I have less of it, but I still have cake. But you might not have enough. You might still be hungry afterwards. I still have the rest of the cake. In your specific analogy. In my but. specific analogy. And it doesn't mean that I haven't had the cake. Yeah, but what it if doesn't mean that only I haven't had, had a crumb of the cake? No, but so I don't know why we talk about cake. No, but it doesn't mean that I haven't had the benefit. I haven't reaped or enjoyed or taken in the cake. If you only had what, a crumb, what we're saying, but I'm not saying crumb. I'm saying slice. But then, but what if someone only got a crumb? That's my point. Yeah, but that's not my analogy. Okay, I don't understand the analogy. <laughs> so what I'm saying basically is that you can, um, you, uh, but being super abundantly wealthy or having more than enough or being wealthy per full stop, right, is a slice of the 
Christian cake. Okay. Okay. So if that slice. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, I get it. So you're saying that the slice. See, okay. I know. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I so do. just I to eat, complete it. So if if now that slice has been removed, so yeah. I don't have the super abundantly wealthy. So I still wealth. The cake is Christianity. The cake is Christianity mm-hmm. because there are, sense, there are many different aspects. There are many different. There are many different benefits and blessings and things that we we that we are partakers of in Christianity. Yeah. One of them yeah but if you don't have that slice it still doesn't mean that you haven't taken in the cake that yeah. is christianity yeah I get so it. you can be a christian and be rich and you can be a christian and be poor yeah you can be a christian and be super abundantly rich and you oh, so do you have less of christianity then no because it's just the whole cake then and the thing is what i need you to say it, it seems as if okay so if you don't have that cake you don't have the full abundance like someone got a full cake oh. and you only got half of a cake but somebody okay? else may have the full cake that has slice of pie but they don't have health in their own cake yeah. they don't have good health somebody else may have their the health and wealth but they don't have peace of mind but it still goes back to my point that then it means that you're, what you're saying is that you don't have the fullness of Christianity unless you have super abundance in it as well like you've only got you're, you've got it, but you have a slice removed. Okay, let's change the word from superabundance being a slice of the pie to provision. Even even that? Even provision. So if you don't have provision, then you're missing a slice of Christianity. No. Because the reason why I would say no is because um, in Christianity and in the New Testament, I can't remember the scripture, but I will find it, where it says we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly mm-hmm. places okay and that God has caused us to abound and to be abundant okay and that we ha- we do not lack any good thing mm-hmm. okay and just because there is a physical or um, a, not we don't we, first of all we can't lack anything spiritually because we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in, high, in heavenly places I, if we're saying that because I don't have the peace I don't have the peace slice of pie that I have less of Christianity no Mm-hmm. Because you have already been blessed with all things, but there is not it's not profitable for you to be super abundant in all things because that's not that doesn't build godly character. Mm-hmm. That doesn't build the kind of lifestyle that God wants us to have. It's not that we are going to be blessed with we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. It doesn't say that we've been blessed with all earthly blessings. Mm-hmm. Now wealth is an earthly blessing. You know, peace um, is a peace is a is a spiritual blessing. Health is depending on how you look at it from which perspective and which side of the doctrine. It can be either be a physical blessing or a or a spiritual blessing. You know what I mean? But we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings, and that's first and foremost the most important part yeah. of the Christian pie. Now you've got these worldly blessings, um, such as such as wealth or abundance or provision. If you don't have that, it doesn't mean that you are not a full partaker of the blessings of being a christian yeah because the ultimately the blessings of being a christian are not seen here on earth mm-hmm. ultimately exactly. you will not experience all the blessings of being a christian on earth yeah you only experience all the blessings of being a christian in the kingdom in heaven unless you're part of the kingdom politics ministry when you want to bring all of that down here you know what <laughs> i mean is that we have to have thy kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven but until we're all we're all fully on job we are not going to and we're not good the way we read the bible we're not all going to we're trying to endeavor to get to the end where the world looks more like it's supposed to but yeah. it's not going to happen in its entirety so you're only going to receive and reap all the blessings of being a king of being a a citizen of the kingdom in the kingdom you won't reap all of them on earth and if your one is not wealth or it may not because there are people who have wealth but they don't have health and they can tell you i would trade steve jobs mm-hmm. i would trade my wealth for health in yeah. a heartbeat and so that's why we really have to realize that yes you can be and go back to this maybe end the section yes you can be a christian and be rich and yes you can be a christian and be poor and neither of them are negative sides of being a Christian. Yeah. And I think it's just also just to um to point out in terms of your your mindset towards being rich. If you're money hungry, that's not Christian. The Bible has a lot of warnings about being greedy and being money hungry and putting money before God. You know, you cannot serve both um, God, and, God mammon. and mammon you um it's hard it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for, for a, rich, a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God like it's so sometimes we the rich look at 
the poor and be like, oh, I feel so sorry for you. But actually not knowing, it's easier for that person to to obtain salvation and obtain the kingdom of God than it is for us, the rich people who are already comfortable, who already have the provision. So we're like, oh, you know, whether or not God wants to come through, I'm, I'm cool. I've got a nice, you know, apartment I'm or whatever. I, I, I don't need God that much. But poor people need God. And so they get him. Do you know that they say that about um, um, Africa and when you go to revivals in Africa, when you hear all these American preachers and um, people in the West say that there is more revival happening in Africa and Asia um, and certain um, countries that are underdeveloped because they need God for food tomorrow. Do yeah. you know that if you're praying for food tomorrow or to pay your rent yeah. tomorrow, do you know how earnestly yeah, you will search? Exactly. And when somebody just offers you a glimpse of Christ, you will run to it, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why they say, oh, go, go to Africa probably, or Asia <clears throat> is one of the greatest experience because you really see um, the earnest desire for Christ. Not because they, um, not here, well, we'll go to a conference because we want to just accumulate all this head knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They need Christ. Yeah, They have a need for Christ. You know what I mean? They have a need for Jesus. And you do, you typically, you typically tend to see people who are, when they're poorer, when they're more destitute, their perception of Christ and their, um, understanding of him is so much more purer yeah. than those who of us who we have so much even if we decided to not be Christians tomorrow we'll still go to work and be okay yeah. you know what I mean like we've we've somewhat almost separated and detached our our, our financial status and uh, the fact that we are doing quite well with the fact that we are Christians like it, they're all one in the same yeah. you know and the people who really don't have they really need Christ mm-hmm. they really need because not even to, for, so they can get money to buy grain so that they could feed themselves but so that they could just have peace in their heart yeah. in their current situation yeah. and it's so much deeper than oh my gosh I have enough because I know when I haven't when I've struggled financially and I've called out to Christ it's not so that I could be flossing it's so that I could just have enough mm-hmm. whether it be to feed my child whether it be to put petrol in the car which is a luxury you know what I mean but even to get my child to school and so that I could get to work mm-hmm. even because I've never not worked you know what I mean or you know it's that when I it's just so that I could just have enough to get by not to floss mm-hmm. and I think if we're praying and maybe we just stop put this for number three if we're praying so that we can floss we have an issue we need to be praying for sufficient and then we pray to maintain the sufficiency anything else is a blessing but I don't think it's wrong to pay for abundance as long as you know that you're going to use it in the right way which is why Most some of you who are poor that, you're poor because and when I say poor, I mean poor Western poor, not poor poverty poor. Mm. When you when you when you're broke and you can't afford the ASOS dress that you really wanted, mm. it's because God knows that you are just gonna spend the money on the ASOS dress. Mm. You're not gonna spend it on the kingdom of God. Mm. You're not gonna help anybody. You're not gonna give arms, and well, that's not why you don't have that super abundance because it wouldn't it would it would just be like a black hole it's yeah. like pouring money down the toilet yeah. so maybe sometimes like for example i know for a fact that the reason that i don't have all the money in the world is because i would be obese if i did because i like to eat and i will never stop eating if i had super abundance of money mm. i would just be i would just be obese mm. i'd be like you know those um one ton man where, yeah, they, where they have to have like a forklift and they have to break the wall that's what i would be them. as in i know for a fact i have yeah, no yeah, self control yeah. so that's why God will not nice me with that yeah. one meal until he knows, listen, make sure you don't just eat all of it. Yeah. Make sure some of it <clears throat> is going to the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. So then... Question number two? Yeah. Okay, so question number two is, how much emphasis should be placed on prosperity when preaching the gospel? So I had... Um, my my church has an event called Faith and Finances. Mm-hmm. And one of the speakers said that money is the second I think it's the second most talked about thing in the bible mm-hmm. I personally haven't done the study on it so mm-hmm. I can't like give you all the examples of why mm-hmm. money is the second most talked about but but we can all agree that mm-hmm. money is talked about a lot in the bible mm-hmm. so it's not something that we can just ignore mm-hmm. and pretend like it isn't yeah, there isn't a thing, yeah, yeah we can't pretend like that like that like again we have these two extremes of christians the one side who are like oh i'm so pious and i've 
I'm giving all of my money to charity and I don't want to do, um, you know, I'm going to abase all the time and I'm never going to do anything. I will only eat bread and water or locusts and honey in the, in the desert because that's what Jesus did. Like, do you know what I mean? And then there's other Christians who are like, pastors with private jets and mm. this and that mm. and they've got seven houses and nobody is living in six of the houses and mm. you know the the actual gospel the gospel of jesus christ that he came to has, has a balance of the two <clears throat> it's like you have like paul says i've learned to abound and abase uh, you so have really? to have the two mm. you have to be able to be happy mm-hmm. in either side mm-hmm. you can't it can't be that you're only preaching um prosperity and then your flock is completely destitute mm. of any spiritual mm. maturity or that you're only preaching spiritual maturity but then nobody in your flock has shoes you have to have they have to marry the two mm. and it's always about balance an extreme ba- balance <laughs> is an abomination to god somebody help me with that scripture well you know what i mean mm. like god when something is out of balance it's an abomination to god mm. It's in Proverbs somewhere. Mm-hmm. Google it. You can't You can't only preach, we're going to get rich, we're going to get rich. Money, money, money. Rain, rain, rain. House, house, house. How, car, car, car. How can... Hummer, hummer, hummer. What does the gospel have to do with that? <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, the gospel is not about or, or always having stuff. Mm. And even the wealth in the gospel, it's not necessarily material wealth that it's always talking about. But at yeah. the same time, yeah. if you don't preach about financial stuff... Yeah then you're, you run the risk of your flock being um, financially illiterate. Yeah. They're in debt. They're broke. They don't know how to invest. They don't know how to earn their money. They don't know how to start businesses. And then your church will die mm. because the church can't survive without money. Mm. You can't pay your light bill without money unless you're having church in the woods, which is fine, but not with the snow that's happening right now. I'm not coming to your church if it's in the snow. I'm sorry. Jesus, I will worship at home. I'm not gonna go to the snow and have worship. So do you understand what I mean? Like you have to you have to come at it from a balance. So there are Christians who are like, I don't want to hear about money in the church at all. And that's immature because money is a big part of the mm. world. Mm. M- money quote unquote makes the world go round. How mm. can you be in church and the biggest issue in the world, you don't talk about it? That doesn't make sense. How can you you need to be able to manage money from a biblical mm. perspective? And so when pastors preach things about, you know, cast your bread on the waters um, or whatever, that's fine. Mm. So, you know, sow and you shall reap, sow in tears and reap in joy, all of that, whatever. Mm. Like, that's fine to preach that. But then if you're only preaching, you're going to get you're going to get a car and your prophet is coming and saying, you, you're going to get three houses and da 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 And that's all that is being preached in your church, mm. then there is a problem. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I would advise you, if that's all you're hearing in church, you need to leave because the gospel is also about, and I'm very much a person who is like, I want to hear about sacrifice and obedience and salvation. That's all I'm really here for. If we hear about finances, fine. If it's always about finances and I'm not hearing, some of your churches, I go there and there's no mention of Jesus' name in the whole sermon. Mm. Did you know that? If you are going to a church where they don't mention Jesus, please exit, stage left. You don't need to be there. It's toxic. What is that about? You have to preach the whole message. Some of the message is undoubtedly about finances, but not the whole thing. Mm. It's not all about finances. Mm. And the thing is, we're so Mm. immature. I don't understand why we think that blessings means finances. Mm. They're not one and the same. They're not not synonymous with each other. Mm. Blessings because like you said there's spiritual blessings Mm. so how can blessings be about finances Mm. blessings is about benefits Mm. you know you can have the blessing of the gift of the spirit for example Mm. like it's a blessing to be able to access the authority of god or to have salvation in the first place it's a blessing not only oh because you have 700 million pounds in your account that's a blessing Mm. that's not the only blessing Mm. and if we're only preaching that then it just runs the risk of most of us who are like involved in those kind of churches not making it Mm. because we don't understand what the gospel is really about we don't understand that you have to be able to abase and you Mm. have to be happy in that circumstance and also happy when you're abounding Mm. you know i agree i agree that there is definitely a balance that needs to be had and um again i want to talk about pie (laughs) um i can't anymore guys if she mentions cake in another podcast i'm not 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 coming back i'm saying yeah pie and cake it's the same thing you know thing you'll be saying is donut i just i want us to understand it in this analogy and as i said it beforehand in fact before i go into that first of all 
I want to just say, as a Word of Faith person, I'm not happy that prosperity message message is linked to Word of Faith nomination. But financial prosperity is a slice of a prosper pie. Okay, so before we was talking about the Christian pie and the Christian cake and that wealth being or abundance or provision being a slice of the Christian cake. Now I'm talking about financial prosperity being part of the uh, or the prosperity message being part of a prosper pie. Okay, mm-hmm. so for example, when you look at people who are healthy, happy, and physically active, that's prosperity. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you see some, when you see joyful parents and well-adjusted, godly children, that's success and that's prosperity. When we observe peaceful, loving families who put God first and operate according to His principles, that's a blessing and that's prosperity. Okay, true prosperity is rooted in God's truth, and I think we have to really, really deep this that true prosperity is rooted in God's truth, and it affects our spirit and our soul um third john 1 2 third john 1 2 says beloved i wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper Mm -hmm. now prosper be in health even as equal to your soul prospering so when for me says that there should be a balance in your church the prosperity, financial prosperity, should be in direct equivalence to the health prosperity and in direct equivalence to thy soul prospering. Okay, so your soul bring your being your mental and emotional and heart state. Okay, one cannot, well, I, actually, I feel like your heart and your mind and your soul supersedes the financial. Okay, but looking at the scripture, it says thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. And but so, not equal to. Not equal to. As it does. As it does, yes. And being prosperous not only means having wealth, but it means having health, having happiness, having long life and having success. God promises these to us in his word. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes, the said God promises us financial prosperity. He promises us health prosperity. He promises us sound mind prosperity. Okay, we need to remember to apply the scriptural lessons to our life. Okay, and allow ourselves to open ourselves up to these promises and to these blessings. Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Okay, so when we're looking at the scriptures on financial prosperity, it's in direct correlation to obedience. Yes, it's in direct correlation to um, meditating the on the word. Yes, but when he says thou shalt make thy way prosperous, it wasn't just talking about financial prosperity. It was talking about everything. He's talking to the children of Israel. They're in the wilderness. Okay, they're just about no Joshua. So they've just entered into the prom- they're on the outskirts of the promised land. This is Joshua chapter one verse eight, mm-hmm. right? So they're on the outskirts. This is before he's even sent the spies in to kind of bring stupid report, right? <laughs> um, so they're on the air. He's like, observe, keep the keep my words. Everything that you have learned, everything that we've been doing from Genesis up until this point in Joshua, observe it, remember it, remember what your parents and ancestors did that were trash. Don't do it again mm-hmm. because if you do it again. Or if you keep my commands, then you will make your way, your way into your promised land prosperous. Okay, not just financially prosperous, but everything prosperous. And then you will have good success in everything that you do. So we have to balance it out, as Fumi says, that it's not just about financial prosperity. It's a slice of the pie. Okay, but I want to have, I get. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I have a question. The prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. is it financial prosperity or is it prosperity? Because I feel like when you're preaching a gospel <coughs> that is just about the blessings that God will give you, that is the prosperity gospel. Because it's all positivity and it's nothing about your sacrifice. It's nothing about Jesus' sacrifice. It's nothing about obedience. It's nothing about forgiveness. It's just about prosperity. God will bless you. God will give you health. God will give you a good family. God will allow you this. God will do this for you. God is not a genie. Hmm. So the prosperity gospel, doesn't it also include all of those other pieces of the ply when they're just preached exclusively without the other parts of the Christian carrot cake, quote unquote? Yes yeah okay um yes and that's wrong so is that wrong it's wrong yeah it's wrong it's the, the term prosperity gospel in and of itself is wrong because there is only one gospel and that's the gospel of jesus christ right and in the gospel of jesus christ there are many different things there was the blessings 
and there is the job you know Mm -hmm. there are the work that you have to do in the kingdom and then there's the things that you're going to get as a byproduct of being in the kingdom Mm -hmm. okay so as you said sacrifice and obedience is part of the actual gospel message because you have to submit yourself to christ you have to surrender yourself to him you have to accept him as your lord and savior and then there are things mm-hmm. okay so that's why as the, a surplus when you've a, done all the as other as an add-on you yeah. know it's like a, it's a bundle deal yeah you know um and so prosperity gospel in and of itself reason why it receives so much backlash is because there is no prosperity gospel there is just the one gospel of jesus christ and there are blessings and there are add-ons to that but in and of itself as we have said that the prosperity gospel shouldn't just be focused on and this is why it's linked to the word of faith is is because you know to talk about positive confessions you know i mean that you can have whatever you say which i take great offense to and people use that scripture and say that they say it they link that's the first scripture that they usually give when they want to when they want to come against the word of faith ministry because it says you know god isn't just gonna make happen what you say but he does make happen what you say, you know? As long as it's in alignment with his word. Exactly. As long as it's in alignment with the word of God. When the Bible says you can have what you say, um, Matthew 24, uh, Matthew 20, when it talks about, um, what's the scripture? You can speak to the mountain and be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And Jesus says, when you pray, pray to the Father, you can have what you say. And he said, say four times. It's because of the way that God has formed and fashioned us. If you look in the Old Testament, we have reference to this all the time in terms of the power of life and death is in your tongue. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you, Bible says that we can decree and we can declare a new thing. Bible says that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosen on earth shall be loosened in heaven. All of these scriptures are synonymous with the fact that we are as mini gods, we as children of God, we who have been given authority and power and dominion, cultivate and create life and death and prosperity and health and whatever through what we say when i pray for healing over somebody i'm saying that they are healed so you have a issue with me saying that i can have what i say in relation to certain things but if i say bless you when you sneeze you don't have a problem with that you can't pick and choose what it is that you have a problem with yes i can have what i say if i say i am going to be blessed today i can have what i say if i I say that you are healed because of the way that it's been the used. way that it's being used but people can use scripture to do whatever they want if i say that i can have what i say but it's true i make fun of people who are like you know the african churches who will be like money come in money come now call money to come to you now money come money come and then you can have what you say so call the money to come okay it's funny you know what i mean it's 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 weird it's 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 in un, unnatural to say that okay it's not doesn't seem right to say that but that doesn't go against scripture because scripture says you can have what you say if i placed money on if i call money to come i can also call good health to come mm. it's only because we have put money on it and money is such a taboo within christian circles mm-hmm. um that it's an issue if i call peace of mind for somebody like me who suffered from anxiety attack if i'm saying peace lord peace come peace come peace come you won't have a problem with it but if i say money come money come money come you have an issue with it because it's money mm-hmm. so whatever we add on to the end of those scripture doesn't negate the fact that the bible says you can have what you say money peace house no not not house house. yeah house but i'm just saying i mean i don't understand why everybody wants christians to be homeless and but this is what i'm saying is that you can't we need to understand fully the fact that there is there's many levels to this and God really wants us to understand it in a certain way is that in alignment to his will, in alignment to his perfect plans and purposes for your life, that there will be times when you can call what you want to happen to happen and it manifests. Bible says, speak those things that be not as though they were. There are so many scriptures that align with this, which I don't understand why there is such a grave problem. The only problem that we are having with the prosperity God gospel is that we feel like the um the money has been used amiss that's the real issue it's because you preach the yeah you preach the prosperity gospel you can preach the prosperity gospel all you want right and if you use all proceeds therefore um to feed the poor homeless do you know food bank in guatemala it's fine 
Okay, but if you use the proceeds of your prosperity gospel preaching to buy private jets, to buy to buy um, Hummers, to buy four houses in different countries, to be doing offshore banking in Switzerland, um, to be doing shiny shoe and shiny suit, to be doing all of this, then to be having the biggest house in the land. Okay, that's why people have a problem with it because you're using the the blessings that God has given you amiss, and that's the real earnest. God honest truth that people have with the prosperity gospel is what you do with your prosperity not at the fact that you're blessed if you are rich and you are rich and you're just minding your own business being rich living a meek and humble life you have excess you do what you want at the excess for good cause ain't nobody from the trip no one cares mm-hmm. but if you're now financially blessed and you're now using it to be doing oh this is the most exclusive hummer and your whole congregation they don't even have shoes but you have a yellow hummer we have a problem mm-hmm. because that's not the gospel. But is it that your pastor is not allowed to be rich then? No, my pastor is absolutely because I want to be rich. Yeah. Okay, my I'm allowed. My pastor is allowed to be rich. He's allowed to acquire wealth. He's allowed to be wealthy. But he is not. He's not allowed to stand alone in that wealth aside from everything else. And he's not allowed to accumulate the wealth for worldly pleasures. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue is that your accumulation of wealth should not be used for worldly pleasures because your private jet, actually, no, the announced private jet, your Hummer or your limousine Why that you have. I'm announcing a private jet because I was going to use an example later on that now me, I've become, for example, if you look at um, international preachers and pastors who literally their missions, missionaries, or, you know, they go on forum there in a new city every week preaching the gospel. Um, and it just makes sense for them to have a plane as opposed to, as a place to, yeah, but charter own, rent, buy your own house. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, if I have the money to buy a house, why would I rent? If I have the money to buy a plane, why am I going to be chartering or be going to British Airways? That's how they see it. So I personally, if you're using it for the work of the ministry, I don't have a problem with you mm. on plane. You're not using your Hummer for the work of the ministry. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. But then, so do you have to have, Can as a pastor, can you only ride a bicycle? No, then? you can have a nice car if you want to have a nice car. Me, I have a nice car now. I want to get nicer cars, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but but if, when does it stop? When Where do you draw the line? That's my question. Like, the when draw is it line, if this, if this, the the pleasure is the the pleasure and the use of my financial blessing is for worldly pleasures, as but if opposed I'm, to if I'm riding that Hummer to all the ministry work that I'm doing in all of these places, what's the problem? Or is it a problem? Or is it not a problem? No, that's not a problem. But if you're, I mean, I disagree. If I'm honest with you, mm-hmm. because I feel like. To be flashy, I think it's going back to what we were saying a couple of weeks ago about do not let your treasure be on your face kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Like that we shouldn't be adorning ourselves with material things to the point where you're buying something that's flashy and excessive Mm -hmm. to go and do ministry work when you could have had a Peugeot, but you decided that you wanted the limousine Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? The Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. What are you doing with a Lamborghini going to preach to poor people? Mm. Can you you understand what I mean? Like to me, it doesn't make sense. I I feel like there is a reason. I feel like there is a, like if you know that it's outlandishly expensive and it's not worth the value or the value is placed on the brand and not on the functionality of your vehicle or the functionality of your house, then why do you need a 15 bedroom house but it's only two of you living there and you mm. don't let anybody else stay there? Mm. understand? Yeah. So I feel like the flashiness is, is, is an issue. But that's what I said. Uh, so we agree. No, because you said that it's, if it's, it's fine if it's flashy as long as it's practical as well. But I'm no, saying but I that don't I don't feel think like you the, should have flashy. I don't feel like the jet or the plane is flashy. I feel like it's functional. Well, I'm talking functional. about Hummers now. Oh, okay, yeah. The Hummer... A Lamborghini. A Hummer and a Lamborghini. Come and preach the is, gospel yeah, Lamborghini. a Hummer and a Lamborghini is flashy. I would... If, if, for example, me, if I, for example, I've now become a uh, preacher slash pastor, mm-hmm. whatever, and um, I don't use the church money to buy my my thing just to say for example I'm a very successful author and from the proceeds of my my book well I've got side hustles and side businesses and what have you okay no doubt obviously and then from those I have I'm able to for example buy or purchase my dream car I'm actually it's not it's not a dream car my car my next car yeah it's going to be a Tesla Mm -hmm. okay I want to buy a Tesla um so if I buy my Tesla and then I also have money left over and I really actually really like Lamborghinis and I buy a Lamborghini because it's like it's a treat to myself I want to buy a Lamborghini like how some people will buy something else I'm not going to use my Lamborghini that's my 
that's not my ministry car. That's not my day to day car. I can't drive my Lamborghini to church. That's I'll just drive it around the compound. Okay. Right. Like, <laughs> but it's okay for you to have one, but it's just not because okay for you to rock not, up in church. In it, or? I just feel like it's not for the purpose. It's not. It's not fit for purpose. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you want to buy something, for example, um, Solomon, King Solomon in the Bible, he was extremely wealthy. Obviously, we know that he was the richest man on the land in the land that has ever lived in history, right? Um, yes, and he had golds and gold and gold and rubies and rubies and rubies and some of the stuff he just kept in his yard. You know what I mean? He built his house to be like this, but the temple of God, he smashed that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was beautiful. It was amazing. He was a foreign, he traded. He was a trade master, guru of trade, international trade. That's how he found his African wife, Ethiopia. You know what I mean? He was a guru of trade. Mm -hmm. So he accumulated wealth, one, for Israel, boom, for the temple, three, two, three, his house was decked in rubies, Mm -hmm. okay? That's his yard. But his first and foremost priority was the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, sorry, the nation of Israel and the temple. You know what I mean? So King Solomon, he did that for the nation of Israel, did that for the temple. The small rubies he collected for his yard, he collected for his yard. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So I, my issue with the people, with the prosperity gospel preachers is that what you're doing, I have, we have no problem if you use your own money to do whatever you want to do it, use it for. But please separate that from the work of the ministry because when you drive your limousine or your Lamborghini to the poorest parts of, of, of London, you're not offering hope to people. You're not saying, oh my gosh, look what I've been able to accumulate from the gospel. Because they've been praying the same prayers you've been praying. Mm. You know what I mean? So you can't just say, oh, I've prayed a special prayer. I'm a special kind of Christian, which is why I have this Lamborghini. Which kind of special? Mm-hmm. Name the special. <laughs> Name the special. You may have tapped into something. You may have cultivated something. You may have worked harder. But I just feel like with the prosperity gospel, we have to be make very. We have to make sure that we understand that there are slices to this prosperity pie, and it's not just financial. It's health. It's it's um soul and it's mind. Okay, that's the whole prosperity. That's the full prosperity pie: financial, health, and soul and mind. Okay, mm-hmm. now with what you are able to earn and accumulate financially it has to be used for things that are other than worldly pleasures then nobody will have an issue with if you're rich mm-hmm. nobody has an issue tj Dix is amazing i like, think that he's just the most amazing man ever um and he's a good steward of his finances a very good steward of his finances um and he's not flashy with it he may buy shiny shoes but anybody everybody's allowed to buy shiny shoes you know what i mean he's a very good steward of his finances what are you doing with your wealth yeah. you know what i mean like what you do yes you have millions and millions of pounds yes you've bought a private jet but if you're using that and you're only going on missions once a month are you okay because you can just go to the airport like a normal person yeah you know what i mean so i, I mean i just think that it's really important <laughs> to make sure like you said make sure you're using your funds appropriately and to be honest with you i don't think it matters you're allowed to treat yourself absolutely like i don't think it matters if you have a lamborghini a as long work. as you have also contributed as much to the kingdom of god as you have on that lamborghini absolutely you know and it's like okay we, we we say we tithe and we give a tenth but then when it came to the new testament actually people were given all that they owned Absolutely. to the kingdom of god you know people were selling their whole house the widows might and be. giving it to no i'm talking about in acts okay um people were selling their all their houses and all their property and yeah. giving it to the kingdom of god yeah you know and if you only have the widow's might then fine only yeah. give that yeah but if you have more to give and you're only giving the windows might widow's might then woe be unto oh, you what happened to the person that the people because that when, and when that kept. ananias and sephira wanted to come and say oh we've sold our whole house but they, they kept some of the percentage and then they said oh we've given the whole thing the holy spirit said no it's enough you're finished and they dropped down dead you cannot just be saying oh yeah yeah i'm giving all i'm giving to be honest it, that was because they lied though it not because they, they didn't yeah. give the whole thing but at the end of the day just give to god what you are led to give to god god loves a cheerful giver if he if you're not cheerful about it don't give him because he doesn't mind you, you know? Unless it's tithes, and you don't, if ever you're happy or cheerful or not, you still have to do it. We're having a conversation with somebody this week. You don't have to tithe. It's not a commandment. You don't have to tithe. It's you should tithe, but you don't have to. You're mm-hmm. not going to not make it to heaven if you don't tithe. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't like it when people try and force people to tithe. Mm-hmm. 
because it's not by force. Mm-hmm. You can tap into the the blessings. doctrine or the blessings of tithing if you choose to. Mm-hmm. You can do more than tithe. Tithe mm-hmm. is only 10. You can give 50 if you can afford to give 50. Give 90 if you can afford to give 90. But you don't have to because if you're not a cheerful giver and you're giving to God, it's like you might as well just chuck it in the bin mm. because that's what he feels. When Cain gave his offering and God didn't like it, mm. God said, I'm not happy with this. What mm. are you doing? Mm. Keep it. Mm. Got, moving on to point three, um, which was how do you know whether you're serving God or money? It's about performing heart checks. Yeah. You have to examine your heart. If you, if like the um, the rich man in Matthew 19, <laughs> Jesus says to you, give everything you have, sell everything you have and bring it to the poor and you right are there. crying, then there's a problem. Mm. If God... God says, give £20 offering and you're in tears. Mm. You have a problem. If mm. God says, don't buy your wig today, go and... Sorry, I'm always hotting up the women. Mm. Why? I'm sorry. It's because I'm a woman as well, okay? If God says, listen, <clears throat> man of God, don't buy that Ralph Lauren t-shirt and you're crying, mm. it's a problem. Mm. You have a heart issue, mm. you know? But if not, then just keep it moving. Yeah. Like, if you, if you can, if you can be rich and you don't have a problem in your heart with it, but be honest with yourself, Mm -hmm. then be rich and give to the kingdom what you can give or what you should give, what you're directed to give. Mm -hmm. Like I keep saying, seek the Holy Spirit. If you have a problem, if your heart is just really cut up about giving time and offering, then pray. It's true. And 1 Timothy 6.10 says, if you love money and wealth more than God, you have a problem, okay? For the love of money is the... Re- <laughs> Don't say it like that. Hold on. Wait a second. That's just... T- a Bible. <laughs> just reading That's this. the Bible according to Tina. I'm, okay? a, I'm trying to... Sk- <laughs> That's the first Bible. Tina. First Tina. the Bible first, according to first Tina. Tina. That's Tina's um, translation of the Bible, yeah? <laughs> so... I think we should do a hashtag scripture <coughs> translation. Yeah, absolutely will. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. This is... The love money. of money. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And do you know what this scripture is actually about when you look into it? The last part, we always quote the first bit, for the love of money is no, the we always roots. say, oh, money is the real evil. No, but the people who can read say the love of money. <laughs> yeah. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, comma, for which some have strayed from the faith. He's talking about Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Prosperity gospel preachers, listen to this scripture very well. If you strayed from the fact that you're supposed to be serving God to now only serve God so that you can acquire wealth, mm-hmm. your love for money is going to be the root of your evil. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it's saying. People in the world love of money what else are they going to love it's not money you know what I mean we are called to love a higher call mm-hmm. we're called to love God we're called to love people we're not called to love money if you feel like you have a tendency to just be liking money too much drop it drop it now because it will cause you to stray from the faith yeah. and that's the most important thing so when we're saying can Christians be rich yes but if your desire to be rich is greater than your desire to be a good Christian stop mm-hmm. Matthew 6 33 seek ye first the kingdom of god yeah. and everything else will be added onto you anyway exactly. so then what's the point um and i've just i've written some questions down here mm-hmm. where you can kind of ascertain kind of where you are at in your struggle with love of money and love of god so are you um in unnecessary debt are you but like currently so not debt from before you are saved and da, 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 da. are you continuing to use credit cards that you don't need to use to buy things that you don't need to buy <laughs> then you have a struggle with money and you need to seek the Lord. Are you stush with money? Are you the type of person who you can see somebody needs one pound, but you don't want to go in your pocket and find it? Mm. Are you the type of person who, um, the book of James talks about when you have your coat and your brother doesn't have a coat, but you have two coats, but you don't want to give your coat to your brother. Mm. If you're that type of person, then you might have an issue with money. Are you the type of person who is chasing people that have lent you, um, who have borrowed, who you have borrowed to, but small amounts, like the slave who <laughs> wouldn't who lent money his. and wouldn't and um, who owed money but wouldn't forgive the person who owed him money. Mm. If you are owing some, if somebody is owing you money and they're owing you three pound forty nine, and you're chasing them every day, where's my three pounds? Where is it? Set up installment plan. You want to put interest on three pound forty nine now? 
if that's you, then you have an issue with money and you need to seek the Holy Spirit. Do you feel like you can give without wanting to receive back? Mm. If you're the type of person who is only lends so that somebody will pay you back and you never give, then maybe you have a problem with money. Mm. Uh, I think that's. I think those are all the things. Also, can we add another question? Yeah. If you are someone who goes from churches to churches and you go to the churches that everybody there is the richest or they talk about financial prosperity or they have the richest pastor and the richest congregant members, um, then you also have an issue of money. So what's the hashtag scripture for today? Matthew 6.33. Yeah. Go on then, go for it. I'm not, I, I, this is not Matthew 6.33. This is another scripture. You know, I'll be loving scripture, girl. Um... <laughs> I, I mean, six million tabs open. Yeah, I have probably hundreds of thousands of tabs open my, for my computer, just like in my brain. But Matthew six thirty three is along the lines of seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added onto you. Seek His heart first. Seek His presence first. You can never go to your grandparents' house and not the grandparents not even give you a hard boiled sweet. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Let alone God. Yeah. Imagine being in the presence of God. It's impossible to be in the presence of God without there being an exchange. By virtue of all he has, grace drips off him. Blessing drips off him. Off him. You know what I mean? His his whole his whole aura is not dripping in finesse. Like it's dripping just it's just finesse. dripping. You can't be in the presence of it God without there no being sense. an exchange. He will always give you something. In Psalms 27, I think it's verse 8, it says, um, the Lord said, seek my face. Mm. And I responded, I will seek your face. Mm. Not your hand, mm. not your bank account, mm. but your face. Mm. Seek the face of the Lord, his countenance, yes. what he wants, his yes. will. Yes. Seek what makes him pleased. Yes. Seek what makes God proud of you. Yes. Not just oh I need I to pay my rent yeah. oh I want to buy a Lamborghini seek God's face seek the presence oh, God. of God not the presence with absolutely. the T of God absolutely would so, you like to um, lead us in prayer yes I'm trying to make them really short you've noticed how short my last one was so are you proud of me I am proud of you thanks because she'd be praying for 10 minutes and we gotta <laughs> cut it out she'd be praying for an hour and 17 minutes and we gotta cut it out after <laughs> <laughs> okay um Lord Amen. (laughs) Continue. Lord, the God who says, I am the God of all the earth, of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? The God who says that we should put our trust in you and not in horses and chariots. The God who says you are all sufficient. The God who says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the god who says i have everything in my hands lord to you we come to today and we just ask for your grace to realize that the most important blessing is knowing you amen it's having a relationship with you it's being chosen and loved by you it's having our houses being built already in heaven it's been doing the work of the kingdom father god that's the most important thing about being a christian Mm -hmm. not what we can accumulate financially Mm. not what we can accumulate in in material wealth but what we have accumulated in the spirit father god we have the fruits of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit for a reason your word says that you've already blessed us with all spiritual on all spiritual blessings for a reason you know father god so we thank you lord of god that we know that the most important aspect in you it's not what we can acquire in our hands, but we, we, what we can acquire in our hearts, Lord. Help us right now, Lord our God, to be focused solely on you Amen. and not on what we can acquire. Amen. In this we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, oh God. We thank you that you are a God who gives us the power to get wealth, almighty God, but you also give us the power to use it responsibly, the grace to use it responsibly, mighty God. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will enable us to check our hearts, almighty Mm. God, that you will Mm. do a divine surgery on our hearts, Mm. that Mm. anything that is in there, almighty God, that makes us love money more than you, oh God, we just cast it down right now in the Mm. mighty name of Mm. Jesus, oh God. Mighty God, Heavenly Father, we say that you, oh Lord, are our treasure. Our treasure is in you. Our treasure is stored in heaven, almighty 
mighty God, into yes, incorruptible Lord. things, mighty yes, God. Lord. We sow our, our time, our effort, and our love into your God, mm. not into the corruptible things that moth can destroy and thief can steal, yes, oh God. Lord. Mighty God, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you know what we need, Almighty oh God, Heavenly Father, and you are willing to give it to us, oh God. Yes. For your word says that, you're, that our, our earthly fathers are willing to good, give us good gifts. So how much more you, oh God, yes, how much more you who knows what we need and who owns all the things in the world and yes, more, Lord. oh God. We thank you, Lord, that you give us, that you provide for us, that you give us help when we need it. You give us provision when we need it. Yes, you give Lord. us food to eat when we need it. We thank you, mighty God, for those of us who have. And we thank you, Lord, for those who do, who do not have. And we yes, pray, Lord. almighty God, that those who have can give, almighty God. Yes, give us Lord. giving hearts, almighty God, to part with the the, um, the much and the abundance that we have, almighty God, to help others in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, almighty God, to to help each other. Help us, mighty God, Heavenly Father, to let go of money when we need to. Yes. And just help us, oh God, to keep loving you and others, almighty God, above all things. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter at HT Scripture, on Instagram at hashtag scripture, on SoundCloud at hashtag scripture, on iTunes at hashtag scripture, on Facebook at hashtag scripture. Yeah. Indeed. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Until next time. God bless.